You have one call, Mr. Williams. Make it count. Jeez, okay, fine. I know who can straighten this all out. You have reached the answering service of Stephen Q. Spears, which raises the question, who bothers calling people and leaving messages these days? You couldn't just text? Leave a message after the tone and I'll text you back when I'm sober. Spearsy, pick up. Seriously, pick up. I'm in the federal pokey here in Florida after that nasty business on the plane ride down to record a show with you. And I need bail. I need it now. Sell your Battlestar Galactica trading cards your grandmother gave you in 79 and get down here with the cash. You have 20 seconds left, Jeez, sir. Okay, okay. Quit, stop poking me with the nightstick. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Okay, Spearsy, one last thing real quick. I'll record the cruise promo for you right now, but you got to get down here with the money. Uh, no promos allowed, Constable, sir. give it a rest. Don't you have a Disney executive to hassle or some drag show to shut down? Ah! Okay, okay, okay. Just real quick. This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by The 80s Cruise. Join your Stuck in the 80s hosts along with MTV VJs Mark Goodman and Alan Hunter in spring 2024 for a week-long trip on board the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas. Performers will include 38 Special, Air Supply, Soft Cell, Debbie Gibson, Sebastian Bach, Stephen Piercy of Rat, Ray Parker Jr., Sheena Easton, Wang Chung, Midnight Star, Animotion, Real Life Escape Club, When in Rome, and more. We now have a promo code. That's right. Let's see if we can guess what it's going to be. That's right. It's stuck. You say it, you get it. S-T-U-C-K when booking to get $200 with a cabin credit. You must be first-time 80s cruisers to use this code, and you got to use it when you book. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. Time's up. Spears E. No, no, not the taser. No, no. Hell. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Spearsy. And the recently undeincarcerated Brad in LA. And today we're going to mix things up again. It's our change up show for 1983. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. Okay. The change up show. What the heck are these guys talking about? Is this like an opening day tie in? Are we talking about an off speed pitch? What, what are we changing and why is it up? Look. There are certain songs in the 80s catalog that we are, shall we say, tired of hearing? Okay, I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song, I was listening to The Cure a lot. So, And so what we have done is we've gone through 1983 and we found some songs that we think maybe are a little overexposed and we want to make some suggestions for you, something you could replace them with on your playlists. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we each have two songs this week 
and they're from they were hits in 1983 and we're going to pick different songs from the same album and offer those to you as a potential alternate we've done it a couple times and it's been fun right yeah, no, I like it because it makes me dig a little deeper into the albums. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is a problem, I think. If yeah. you're listening to a lot of Sirius XM, this is a problem that we all are facing because they just their playlists are really shallow right now. Yes. This is our chance to remember that there was more than just that one hit. Right, exactly. Uh, so let's get things started right away. Here's my first candidate for a change-up. Yep, that's Mr. Roboto by Styx. How um, dare you? How dare you? I mean, this song look, broke up a band. It's amazing. <laughs> Let me just say this first of all. I, I love Styx. And when Mr. Roboto came out, I thought it was the greatest thing since, you know, Pudding Pops. Jello brand Pudding Pops. New chocolate vanilla swirl. Chocolate and vanilla? To be honest, you know, if... Can I can I get into whisper mode here for a second? Yeah, let's I do it. I didn't, Coming close. Didn't, re- didn't really like pudding pots that much. I really didn't. I just I don't know if I've ever had one, but I like the idea, and I do just like pudding. It's like a fudge sickle. I don't know why they call them a pudding pop. Anyway, some marketing genius. Released in February of '83, Mr. Roboto finished the year number twenty-eight on the Billboard charts, and it's from the album Kilroy Was Here, which most '80s fans should probably know is a concept album. It's a it, or a rock opera, if you will, about a world where rock music is outlawed, which it seemed like that might happen in 1983, and it seems like it might happen again in 2023 if you live in certain states. Yeah, it's, you're not just you're not just kidding there, Mister. Welcome to Florida. What did you think WTF stood for? This is the last album, as Brad mentioned, from of original material to be released from the classic lineup of Sticks. So you had. Uh, Dennis DeYoung, Tommy Shaw, James J.Y. Young, uh, John Panazzo on drums, and then Chuck Panazzo on bass. Everyone named Dennis DeYoung loved this album. <laughs> yeah, this was his baby, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he was on a roll. I mean, he had been penning all their biggest hits for the last you know five or six years. And that's not to take anything away from Tommy Shaw or, or James Young. They both contributed classics as well. But Dennis was the one really, you know, hitting home run after home run. So this album comes out. It kind of finishes the band because they don't like the idea of having to perform this show with this whole, like, 10-minute intro where they have to act things out on the stage. Yeah. There's a film. There's a film that starts this tour about the background of Kilroy and and the story of Mr. Roboto. And then it, it as this as the film ends, the band, uh, uh, Tommy Shaw and Dennis Young are on stage and they act out a few more scenes and then Mr. Roboto plays. And then, you know, from there, it just kind of, the, re- the regular concert kind of continues on from there. It was painful for the band, <laughs> everyone not named Dennis Young, to do this night after night. So, so of course, it torpedoes the band. The sad thing is, so this song ends up becoming sort of like the, it sort of catches the blame, you know? 
And it gets played an awful lot still for a song that was so divisive in a way. But what I'd like to suggest, it's still an album worth owning, by the way. I don't know. I used to have it on vinyl. I don't think I have it now, which is kind of sad. But there's a couple other notable songs on the album. There's Heavy Metal Poisoning. There's a song called High Time. There's Don't Let It End, which I would have picked as the substitute, but it was a top 10 hit that year. So you can't really pick that. I admire your reluctance to do that, but I think you probably, I can't remember the last time I heard that song. I think you probably could have gotten away with picking that. Yeah, and and to be honest, I remember when Don't Let It End came out, and when I'm like, what, at that point, 15-year-old Spearsy, I'm thinking. Maybe 16, yeah. Really getting bounced around by a couple of uh insensitive girlfriends oh, so, so the, the idea of like don't let it in this way man that hit a little to too close to home mm. a little too close mm. to home so do i want to cry on this week's podcast no okay. will i maybe but instead to make a long story short i picked this other song from the album performed uh, by Tommy Shaw. This is called Haven't We Been Here Before. So tonight hold me close to you And don't give up what's important to you And as time rolls on Nothing can stand in our way And oh, I Love this. Nice power anthem with some strong lyrics, at least according to 15-year-old Spearsy. I remove my uh, I remove my request that you go with Don't Let It End because I haven't heard that song in probably almost 40 years. I just yeah. I can't remember the last time I heard that. That's a great song. Oh, yeah. I believe if we learn from the past, we'd say we haven't been here before. I believe if we open our hearts, we'll find keys to unlock every door. Hearts could change overnight. We'd be strong. We'd be right. So stay with me now. The future is ours. And we'll be the ones who go on. Hello. That might be the most hopeful thing you've ever said on Stuck in the 80s, <laughs> Steve Spears. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. I, the only I, I problem almost... I have with it is it's a little overly rhymy, like Asia wrote it. But that's okay. <laughs> It's not nearly as uh, dark and... and uh, I mean, there's some brooding, but it's not dark brooding. It's a good brood. It's just brooding. regular brooding. Yeah. It's it's a hopeful brood. So, I like it. I'm telling you, I may, one of my goals now that I live in a regular house is to get a regular stereo system, a console mm-hmm. system, and yeah. I want to get a turntable. And, and I got to admit, I'm kind of tempted to get Kilroy on vinyl again if I can do it. I'm sure there's no great demand for it. I'm sure I can find one without too much problem, but uh might have to do that. May may have to re-engage this divisive album one more time. Okay. Well, I mean, Bluetooth speakers are where it's at, my friend. <laughs> okay, so what's your first pick? Okay, my first pick, here's a song that was overplayed in 1983 and has since accumulated even more overplayedness this this. Sweet dreams are made. Who am I? 
Yeah. That's sweet dreams are made of this in case you've been sleeping. I love Eurythmics, not the Eurythmics, Eurythmics. And my my love for Annie Lennox is also a well-documented fact on this podcast. But this song is overplayed, and I think they ignore the rest of Eurythmics' catalog at their peril, honestly, because there's a lot of good stuff in there. This was their first single in the U.S., and it went right to number one. And you know it, you remember it, you may not love it, but you remember it, and you remember the video. I remember the video, yeah. It's etched in there, right? It's etched in there. I remember seeing this, and I can't even, I mean, this was before I had MTV at, at my house, so I don't really remember what the circumstance, maybe it was like video jukebox on HBO or something, but I remember seeing it sitting in my living room, like, like I can see the scene, like the whole tableau is like laid that out before me, and I'm like, what is this on the television? This is amazing. But mm, we can we can find some other things to listen to here. It's it's interesting the re- the record company which you know we never say anything nice about record companies but the record company didn't think this was a suitable single in the U.S. because there's no chorus to it. Oh, I didn't think about that. Some DJ in Cleveland was just playing it and getting a lot of uh, a lot of responses from people calling in for it, and so the label's like, oh well, maybe people do like it. We should release it. Yeah, I sort of have an uncomfortable relationship with this song. I think. I think the video kind of freaked me out a little bit, and I just never. Don't worry, I, I, the cow's got scale. <laughs> I got. It took me a while to come along, to come around on the eurythmics or eurythmics. I'm sorry. No, it's, I must it's, admit the uh, the the. No offense taken. So, what would you replace it with? I would suggest replacing it with this track. Savage and it's cruel and it shines like destruction. Comes in like a flood and it seems like religion. It's noble and it's brutal. It distorts. That's Love is a Stranger, which is the first track on that same album, and it was the lead single in the UK. They released it as a single in 1982 in the UK, and it didn't go anywhere. You probably remember this. It kind of rode on the heels of the success of Sweet Dreams, but it didn't get too far along. It only made it to 23 on the charts. Annie Lennox has said this song is about, quote, love objects, and continued that the concept of love and relationships is very often a person projecting what they want onto another person. We are all in love with the idea of love, but what we want is not always good for us. We might get obsessed with something very dangerous. I wanted to put these ideas into a pop song. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and That's oh, dark. Her, I I want you I'm I'm asking you, you Steve Spears and you listeners, go and listen to this song and really listen to it. Listen to her voice. Her voice on this is just this amazing instrument. She's like a siren. Like if she was across the rocks and I was on the boat, I'd be swimming over there to see her. Like just <laughs> you get nice... this amazing sense of her range and what she can do with her voice in this song is it's startling, honestly. Yeah, no. I don't think I heard this song until like decades later. Like I remember at one point I got a collection of the greatest hits mm-hmm. and this was on it. And I thought, oh my God, where was this song? You know, when I needed it. Yeah. So Dave Stewart, you know, the other half of Eurythmics has said when Annie lays down a vocal, it's a special moment because something happens between her mouth and the microphone. A lot like when a camera falls in love with an actress. 
The microphone likes her. Which I, I love that. I love that anthropomorphization of the microphone. The microphone likes her. And with the right one and good balance in her headphones, she can play with her sound and be herself one minute and within a second flip into a character and back, even if it's just for one word, like obsession in this song. And now here's the really interesting thing to me. This vocal, like many other songs we recorded, was only one take. Jesus. One take. No, I... I we I don't mean, do I, anything I, in one take. <laughs> Like when I say it's Brad in LA, I usually need three or four tries at that. (laughs) You know, so many, so many of the great ones are just one takes. I mean, I just, that made me love the song even more. Was it uh, always something there to remind me by naked eyes? Mm -hmm. One take. And the clanging bells of doom. (laughs) Clanging bells. Oh man, that's a good, that's a good substitution. I like that. I like that just as much as mine. For my second one, I wanted to try a little harder. I wanted I wanted to, to to pick a band that was outside my my normal comfort zone. This is a bit of a stretch for me, but I still like it. Here's the song we all know all too well from 1983 by Donna Summer. She works hard for the money, right? I mean, if you turn on... Better treat her right, Spirit. <laughs> if you turn on the radio at any given day, there's a 50% chance this song is playing. It was an anthem at that period of time. Absolutely. It came from the album of the same name in 1983. It finished the year-end charts at number 15. It was number one for three weeks, and it earned a, a Grammy nomination. From what I hear, it was inspired uh, when Donna Summer visited the... Hollywood restaurant Chasen's. Have you ever been to Chasen's, Brad? I have not. It is gone now. I don't think I it's there anymore. Yeah. I, I've been to Moose and Frank. Yes. So have I. That was With amazing. you, actually. Yeah. yeah. Boy, man, that, that uh, cocktail sauce, I remember, just blew my head off. But it was so good. So hot. But Chasen's was, a, I think, West Hollywood uh, institution from, like, I think, I think it might have been from, like, the the thirties all the way to 1995. Anyway, she was there. She, she, she and her manager, you know, took a pit stop in the restroom and they f- see an old woman, the restroom attendant who's fallen asleep in her chair, watching TV mm. and the thought, that, and that, and she utters the words, wow, she really works hard for the money. And then as she walks back to the table, she's like, she works hard for the money. She works hard for the money. It's like, I better treat her right. I hope she tipped her. That's, I, was, I was just thinking that. The story that I read didn't <laughs> indicate that. So the, the song's an anthem. I get it. you know, And we, we love it. And it'll always be there with us whether we want it to or not. But how about this? Replace that song with this song from the same album. That's unconditional love. Ooh, I like it. If you listen closely, that's musical youth playing along uh, what? With, with Donna. Yeah, they were huge in 1983. They that was the year they scored the top ten hit with "Pass the Dochi." Oh my gosh! So <laughs> thanks for that. Now I'm gonna have that stuck in my head all day. Yes. 
I still remember the day that they followed me on Twitter. Like this was like maybe like fifteen years ago. It was like, like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> musical youth follows me on Twitter. Uh, this was supposed to be a big hit. Everyone thought this would be a huge hit because you've got this band who was real hot at the time. Uh, Donna Summer's really hot at the time. No, it it, it kind of topped out at number forty three. Still a great oh, song. Never got the Casey Kasem treatment then, huh? No, no. stopped at forty three. That's a shame. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you were having to visit. New York City a lot in 2018, but there was a Broadway musical called uh, Summer, the Donna Summer musical, and and they did include Unconditional Love. Oh, nice. It it, it got some Unconditional Love. A jukebox show, as they say. Yes. So very popular. I don't, I didn't see it. That was before, that was before the misses. Mm. So I don't, I was not in New York at that point. So, oh, feel pretty good about that though yeah so, that's okay a, that's a good pick i like that a lot yeah yeah so okay we got one more okay we'll, we'll uh, unlike steve i went with something that I, I was very near and dear to my heart here's something that we probably could use a little bit less of That's Goody Two Shoes, a lead single from Friend or Foe, which is Adam Ant's first solo album, sort of. I mean, Adam and the Ants was gone now because the Ants got recruited away to be Bow Wow Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Strange. Yeah. I mean, music business is a kooky bunch of stuff going on, let's face it. This was released in late October, well, I guess in October 82, but the singles didn't really start coming out and hitting until later. So Goody Two Shoes went to number 12 on the charts. That yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, and it's probably one of like two or three Adam Ant songs you ever hear. This, um, Viva La Rock, Get Some Love, You Might Catch Stand and Deliver here and there. All all worthy candidates from the, from the catalog, but I, I want to find something else on this album for you to listen to i will say this is one of my all-time favorite albums i love this album but here's what we're going to drop in in its place from now on That's Desperate But Not Serious, which is the title of Steve's autobiography this week. <laughs> I actually did start working on it this week. Did you really? A little bit. I was trying, oh, trying Steve. To put an out, not an outline, not an autobiography, but like a kind of a story of you know, something that's more based on stuck in the 80s. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm proud um, of you in advance, Steve. <laughs> I remember him playing this song when I saw him live maybe... 10 years ago yeah that sounds about right when he started touring again yeah he had been living in tennessee under an assumed name for a while and he came out and he had that album the gunner's daughter yep and he toured and he came through orlando he plays this song and it there's one part where there's like a pause in the song and concert he holds it it's like it's like the one moment like if you're gonna get a good 
photo of him in rock star mode. Wait till that pause in Desperate oh, funny. Not Serious. That's he awesome. holds it for about 10 seconds. And then he, boom, picks it up in Desperate But Not Serious. Oh, I love it. It's a great, this is a great song. Well, so this is the third single from Friend or Foe. It did not crack the top 40 in the U.S. Newsflash, we don't always pick the clips before we record the show, so I'm not sure what part of the song I'm going to stick in there, but if I use the opening, it's it opens with just this cook and horn line. So, of course, I love it. I love it. And, and yes, actually, I do still owe the, the patrons uh, my Hornline Bangers playlist, which I've been <laughs> supposedly working on for about 18 months now. We might get it done this summer. That'd be good. Uh, and, you know, so once you, once you get into the musical intro, it just it calms down into just kind of a mid-tempo rocker. There's nothing, like, too crazy going on there. But, again, I'm going to give you a little homework. You got to go watch the video for this. It's... It's just peak 80s delight. I don't know that I remember. I don't remember the it. The band is like wearing these weird get up, like Marty McFly vest over this weird, these weird pattern shirts and these red pants are just like, oh my goodness. What? Wow. Where did you find one pair of those, let alone enough for everyone in the band to have them? Adam is a boxer and he's training and then he's kind of flirting with the ring girl. And I'm like, why is there a ring girl when it's a training thing? And then this girl <laughs> keeps disappearing when he tries to kiss her and she's got more hairspray in her hair than imaginable, which I know you can imagine a lot if you listen to this podcast. It's, it's a lot of fun. Take a look. I don't recall that at all. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. As soon as I don't think up. I'd seen it until I was doing wow. prep here. So, cause that's, it's memorable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we talk a lot about music on these change-up shows. I don't know if we ever really touch on much else, but I, I wanted to. I, w- I had some time today, um, and I thought, what if we swapped out some movies from 1983? Mm, love so it. I looked it up. The top five movies at, in the U.S. box office that year. Number one, Return of the Jedi. Uh, number two, Tootsie, which is kind of surprising to me. I know I know it was popular, but number two at the box office. Uh Number three, Flashdance. Okay. Number four, Trading Places. Oh, you know. And number five, War Games. So I got to say, I don't have a lot of problem with that list. Those are, those are five classics. If, if there's a weak link among them, it's Flashdance, hmm. which is not nearly as good as you think it was. <laughs> <laughs> Time and place. Time and place. So, so I came up with my list. I haven't run this by Brad yet. I'm going to run it by him now. We're going to see what he thinks. Okay. So the five movies I'm, I'm saying you should watch instead. From this year. Number one. Yeah, same year, 1983. Number one, Trading Places. Sorry, I'm not swapping that out. Yeah, it's, okay. It's... We were going to have to fight because, uh, <laughs> as you well know, I adore that movie. No, For so it's many fantastic. good reasons. It's hilarious. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And it, it doesn't get older with, any, with, with repeated viewings. I still love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was my Dukes. It was it my Dukes. Dukes. And of course, yeah. we are moving. We are moving. <laughs> we quote this. We quote this movie all the time. Okay. So instead of war games, number two, instead of war games, I'm suggesting The Year of Living Dangerously with Mel Gibson. Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Number three, instead of Tootsie, which I do love Tootsie, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I'm going to give you The Man with Two Brains instead with Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I just, I just, you never see this. It's goofy. I, I think I might have plunked down some money to pay to stream it recently because I know I've seen it in the not terribly distant past. I'm like, this is about what I remember it being. It's just, yeah. it's silly, but it's fun. Steve Martin's movies in the 80s were, were silly, but yeah. still very good. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a weak link. Penny, pennies from Heaven. Pennies from Dead Heaven, Man. maybe. Um, Dead Men Wear Plaid. What's the Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Yeah, that, I mean, it's, I love the concept, but. Yeah. Eh. More of an SNL skit than a full movie. Yeah, because the, um, the, uh, the lonely guy is fantastic. All of me, put it in a back and ball, back and ball, back and ball. The little fireman. <laughs> okay, so instead of Jedi, I, I would say watch the right stuff. Ooh, I like that. The the story of the Mercury Seven astronauts. Now, now that that's not unusual for me to say. Like I, I have probably seen the right stuff more times than I've seen Return of the Jedi already. So it's okay. an interesting suggestion for me to make. And here's the really bizarre one. Here's the off off the beaten track one. This is this this one you're gonna have to just trust me. This is a faith thing. Okay. Instead of Flashdance, there was a movie called Running Brave. Okay. It was the story of Billy Mills, a Native American mm-hmm. who won the ten thousand meter foot race at the Tokyo Olympics in nineteen sixty four. Ooh. And it was played by Robbie Benson. Huh. I know I'm, I'm being met with some skepticism. I just rewatched it the other day. It, I think it's available on YouTube. There's a grainy copy on YouTube. I believe it was a Disney film okay. in the 80s. It might have gotten picked. I remember seeing it on HBO. I'm telling you right now, it's not on the same level with the right stuff or the year living Jane dangerously. I was just trying to find another movie that kind of, you know, highlighting the victory of an underdog. Sure, sure. So that's what I'm going for. I, that being said, do I love Running Brave? I do. And um, can you imagine getting Robbie Benson on the podcast and like, I, I've got about hey, 100 questions about for you. about Running Brave. <laughs> like, what? what? I did what? I did a movie? Uh, oh, no. I, I that, that was the year of cocaine for me. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I remember looking up, after I watched the movie, I looked up and I'm like, oh, I can't remember what happened to Robbie Benson. He had a, he had a health condition that made it impossible for him to get insurance. Oh gosh! For film productions, you know, everyone who is in a movie has to be insured, right? And he, he he had a health condition that came about, and I think it was a heart condition, maybe. Oh gosh, that's no and good. He had eventually had it repaired surgically, but it you know it, it cut out a huge portion of his career. So. Crazy stuff. Uh, I was surprised is. that you didn't somehow find a way to work Rumblefish in there. I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> I it. I know you so well. <laughs> you go look. Anybody, just call up a list of like the, the top movies of 1983. And you look at the ones at the top of the list and the ones at the bottom of the list. It's a pretty strong year in film. I mean, it, yes, there's like. I mean, um, there's all for every for every one of, you know. For every the right stuff, there's a Superman three, but you know that's there, just yes. the nature of the beast. There was, I think, um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. I think there was a, um, I think Space Hunter uh, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone was was nineteen eighty three. Yes, it was. Yes, complete, it was complete garbage, but it's still fun to watch. Um, vacation is there is is that year? Uh, yeah, I just don't think of that as being under. I think that's. I just see. Feels like that's Jaws always three D. Yeah, there was a brief. This is a brief 3D moment in in yeah. cinema, cinemas. Um, oh, my, my favorite Tom Selleck movie, High Road to oh. China. 
Oh man, I never saw that. I should have. It's, it's about what you think. <laughs> I I've seen so many of his real bad movies, and and there's just there's just some sort of I don't know guilty pleasure aspect of watching a Tom Selleck movie. Uh, yeah, I would if that was on. I would watch it again. You know how many times I've watched Mr. Baseball? I've probably watched Mr. Baseball like fifty <laughs> times. It's, you know what I like to do fifty times right now? The seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Hey, you know what Brad didn't get a chance to talk about? Dr. Detroit. That's true. That was a 1983 release. A terrible movie, but I love it. You love the song by Devo. I love the soundtrack, but also I, it's fun to realize that that's where Dan Aykroyd met his future wife, Donna Dixon. I thought they met somewhere else. I thought they I, met on Spies Like Us. No, that was after Dr. Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's... The, Easy Money, also that year. Oh, Easy Money's a good movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm full. You want my hash browns? <laughs> I Nobody ever knows like what I'm talking cash. about when I have vitamins in my hand and I say stuff like that, but I amuse myself. Yeah, that's all that matters. This is a segment where we play a, a piece of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're an internet to the drawing for a postal-friendly bottle opener. Those words never fail me. Mm. We haven't done some fun segments oh in a while. Oh my gosh. So These are from that. like 400 shows ago. Yeah. Back in episode actually, 253. Actually, 654. So seven episodes ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the clue. I was young when I last heard that name. I was young when I last spoke it to you. That's Kroll, which which I don't think was a surprise because I think I mentioned that somewhere else in the show. Also a 1983 release. <sighs> Probably deserves its own show, I'm just saying. Well, we can always go back and do that. We have <laughs> the power. 12, only 12 people will listen to it, but well, it'll yeah. be worth it. <laughs> I love Kroll. The power of the glaive. I, mean, I, can't, on. I can't remember the last time I saw it. Ooh, um, in the last 10 years. I don't own it, I don't think. Really? I I got that every time I move so every time I move you. I get rid of stuff. And I've well, moved six times in You Orlando. can rent so it to stream for four bucks on oh, well, many, go. many platforms. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. I there love Kroll. So all you gotta do is, you know, do the Amazon Prime Day delivery, get the credit, do that a few times and you can watch it for free. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we had some winners, not as many as I would have thought, but we had some. We did indeed. Shall I read them, Steve? Y- you shall. You Just should. like in the old times. You won't. Winners this week include Dallas Fitzgerald, Chuck the Whiskey Moose, Brock in North <laughs> Dakota, and Gene and Hollister. I love anyone who takes uh, brown liquor and turns it into part of their name. And we got a lot of that this week, let me just tell you. Um, and we, <laughs> we make up for the slightly smaller list of of winners with the next one. So yes, this one surprised me by the way, I gotta say, um, anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery movie moment. You know, my mother told me I ought to be a farmer. My dad wanted me to be a baseball player. If you know it, emails at podcast at SITs dot com and tune in in two months, I guess. <laughs> I hope yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll turn it over faster than that. It was yeah, just a weird confluence of stuff with the cruise, cruise prep and, and, and the travel and stuff. We'll get it done. Ah, it's time for Name That 80s Tune. 
we will play a snippet of a song from the eighties. If you get it right, <laughs> I don't. Now it's failing me. Like I, I've said this six hundred and some times, I still can't do it. If you get it right, you're in, into the drawing for the postal friendly bottle opener. Last week, by the way, we I don't know if you listened to last week's show, Brad, but we we introduced a new Seggy. Yeah, I did listen to the show and. We've gotten some answers back on it, and I'm amazed at your people's brain's ability to do that because I can't. I my brain won't do it. I think it's called. I, I'm trying. I have, to, I have to look it up. It's like called Right Round Record Rewind or something like that. Sounds about right. Spin me unround. Yeah, Chuck comes up with a Chuck Coverly comes up with a five second long audio clip of a song played backwards, and I didn't get it. I mean, he played it for me, and he gave me like ample clues and I still didn't get it. Anyway, a lot of people who who wrote back, they got this the artist right, but they got the song wrong. So but mm. tune in a few weeks and we'll, we'll reveal the answer to that. Anyway, let it not distract from the fact that we still have to get through this seggy. Uh, episode 654 again. This was the mystery song. Oh Sheila by Ready for the World. Oh, Sheila, let me love you to the morning oh, oh, Sheila, you know I want to be the only one. Thought this would stump people. I mean, I, I thought, okay, they'll get the name of the song, but they won't get the band right. People came in for this one, I'm telling you. <laughs> it hit a nerve or something, I don't know. But um, I, I'm going to take the next 12 minutes off while you read the list. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of calmly go through these because it might take a while. But winners this week include Chad in Asheville, Commander Bourbon, Dad of Blue in Worcester, England, Fetch in Evansville, Dallas Fitzgerald, Rock the Good Ag, Keanove from Midmo, Jay Swash in Beaver Creek, Katie, who wishes she could think of a cool nickname in Indiana, Kelly E., Anastasia in Colorado, Lido in Austin, Mr. Whiskey, Carol Parrot, Mailman Jeff in Jacksonville, Mike, you can roll a rolla, Todd in Minnesota, New Wave Todd, Debbie H. from the MV, Jeremy, who shot J.R. Rodwan, Dr. Jean-Marc Bovee, Brent the Chem Teacher, John Ross from Charlotte, North Carolina, Doug E. Fresh from Frisco, Texas, Alejandro Sticks Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Don Hammock, La Luna in San Diego, Chad and Cali, Dave Estel, Michelle D., Dan in Omaha, Cincinnati Joe, the tromboner, and... Gene and Hollister, who writes, for the last time, that is not Prince. It's O Sheila by Ready for the World. So true. How right you are, Gene. How right you are. <laughs> I think if, you, if you're if you from Indiana, I think Katie is a perfectly fine nickname, by the way. I'm down with it. She spells it the right way. Yeah, she spells it the right way. Commander Bourbon, nice to see him as a winner. I, I met him on the cruise this year. He was dressed as one of the Blues Brothers. The Belushi oh. Blues Brothers. Is that Elwood? No. Or is that Jake? Jake. Jake. And uh, I, the reason I was late for the costume contest judging was because I was sharing a bourbon with Commander Bourbon. Mm, wow. Gosh, I missed out on that invite. Yeah. I know. I, just, I, caught him at, I caught him at the wrong time. I wish I had more time to spend. I was chastised already for my tardiness. I know. I'm like, where the heck is he? <laughs> I, I would have been there on time. Anyway... Let's spin the wheel and find out who takes home the postal-friendly bottle opener. Okay, here we go. You ready? Here we go. A one, a two. Jeez. A lot of names. Very heavy. Yeah. needs to go around at least once, just like Price is Right. It's so. made of wood. I don't know if people realize that. And we, ca- we individually carve in the names. 
Yeah, it takes a lot of time. That's why it took so long for us to get this show together. I used, I used to use the wood burning kit that my parents gave me in middle school, but I, I found that that took too long, and I ended up burning the, One of myself. the reasons that he had to move was there was a small structure fire. Yeah. Oh, boy. I did actually have that, though. Wood burning kit. I don't know That's why. Awesome. It uh, looks like it's going to land on Dougie Fresh from Frisco, Texas. Excellent. We got half the address already. Just get us the street. <laughs> Sounds good, Deggy Fresh. Yeah, email us your postal friendly address, and we'll get take care of the rest. Yeah, I'm still waiting on the next batch to show up, so I'm running. I'm a little bit behind. Oh, that's right. You had to order out, some more. They'll be out soon. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com. And tune in in a few weeks. Find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. This isn't just a commercial. This is a plain truth. And I'm not just a spokesperson. I'm a believer. Because this isn't just a snack. It's nacho cheese Doritos. And it's not just nacho cheese. It's three kinds of cheese. And it's not just three kinds of cheese. It's corn, tomato, onions, and spices. And it's not just corn, tomato, onions, and spices. It's my favorite. And it's not just my favorite. It's the whole country's favorite. Because it's not just a snack. It's Doritos. And this isn't just the end of my Doritos. This is the end of my commercial. And we're back. Brad, did you say you saw the new Tetris movie? Yeah, we watched it last night. I'm sure you've seen this trailer. Oh, yes. A couple people had sent it to me, sent me links beforehand, and I'm this is a joke, like I'm not watching this. And then you posted it on the Patreon blog, and I'm like, okay, well, if Steve says it's real, it's real, I'll watch it. I'm telling you, goosebumps. I had goosebumps when I watched the trailer. I'm like, this is amazing. I have to see this. So I, I, I talked Katie into watching it last night. I might have you know, made sure she had a couple cocktails before I suggested it. <laughs> and uh, we really enjoyed it. it. Is it exactly what happened? I can't imagine that it is. But is it fun? Yes, it is. Just like a good video game. There's a moment in the movie where he's ushered into this like white laboratory room and they give him a prototype Game Boy to play. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's where they invented the Game Boy. Like, I was so sucked into it. I was like, I know that's like, there's no way it was a white room like that. It's not like the Wonka Vision set and the Willy Wonka movie, but I, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's on Apple TV. So if you have a subscription there, if you're watching the Ted Lasso, you know, in between new episodes, you could sneak this in. Yeah, no, I want to watch it. I, I told, I showed the trailer to to the wife, and she she was a huge Tetris fan. Oh so gosh, I, it's, it's it's on the schedule for tonight. So we'll I, see. I played so much freaking Game Boy Tetris. This was obviously before I met Katie and had more interesting things to do with my time. But <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of like I used to have serious conversations with my friends about stuff like thumb speed, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> That is kind of silly. Oh, anyway, hey, if you've seen the movie, let us know. Send us a review. You know the address by now. Uh, in the meantime, ponder those seggies and those challenges, won't you? Watch us for the changes and try to keep up. <laughs> yeah, because we're Brad and Steve, and we're hopelessly stuck in the 80s. And I- Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. <laughs> 